Section three of Mother Earth number three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Mother Earth number three, section three. Observations and comments. A young man had an ideal which he cherished as the most beautiful and greatest treasure he had on earth. He promised himself never to part with it, come what might. His surroundings, however, repeated from morn till night that one cannot feed on ideals, and that one must become practical if he wishes to get on in life. When he attempted the practical, he realized that his ideal could never become reconciled to it. This, at first, caused him deep suffering, but he soon conceived a pleasant thought. Why should I expose my precious jewel to the vulgarity coarseness and filth of a practical life i will put it into a jewel case and hide it in a secluded spot from time to time especially when business was bad he stole over to the case containing his ideal to delight in its splendor indeed the world was shabby compared with that meanwhile he married and his business began to improve the members of his party had already begun to discuss the possibility of putting him up as a candidate for alderman he visited his ideal at longer intervals now he had made a very unpleasant discovery his ideal had lessened in size and weight in proportion to the practical opulence of his mind it grew old and full of wrinkles which aroused his suspicions after all the practical people were right in making light of ideals did he not observe with his own eyes how his ideal had faded it had been overlooked for a long time once more he stole over to the safety vault containing his ideal it was at this time when he had suffered a severe business loss with great yearning in his breast he lifted the cover of the case he was worn from practical life and his heart and head felt heavy he found the case empty his ideal had vanished evaporated it dawned upon him that he had proven false to the ideal and not the ideal to him pity and sympathy have been celebrating a great feast within the last few weeks when they look into the mirror of public opinion they find their own reflex touchingly beautiful big very human want was about to commit self-destruction in abolishing poverty tears and despair of suffering humanity forever the heart of new york the heart of the country the heart of the entire world throbs for san francisco the press says so at least no doubt a large amount in checks and banknotes was sent to the city of the golden gate money in these days is the criterion of emotions and sentiments so that the pity of one who gives ten thousand dollars must appear incomparably greater than the pity of one who contributes a small sum which was perhaps intended to buy shoes for the children or to pay the grocery bill a large sum is always loud and boastful in the way it appears in the newspapers the delicate tact and fine taste of the various editors see to it that the names of the donors of large sums be printed in heavy type after all not one every day and in every large city observed the same phenomenon that has followed the disaster in san francisco surely there were homeless starved despaired wretched beings in san francisco before the earthquake and the fire yet the public's pity and sympathy 
haughtily passed them by and official sympathy and compassion had nothing but the police station and the workhouse to give them and now what is really being done now humanitarianism is exhibiting itself in a low and vulgar manner and superficiality and bad taste are stalking about in peacock fashion the newspapers are full of praise for the bravery of the militia in their defense of property a man was instantly shot as he walked out of a saloon with his arms full of champagne bottles and another was shot for carrying off a sack of coffee etc how strange that the brave boys of the militia who by the way had to be severely disciplined because of their beastly drunkenness showed so much noble indignation against a few clumsy thieves during the strikes and labor conflicts it is usually their mission to protect the property of skillful thieves legal thieves of course finally what is going to be the end of the great display of superficial sentimentality for the stricken city an all-around good deal moneyed people contractors real estate speculators will make large sums of money indeed it is not at all unlikely that within a few months good christian capitalists will secretly thank their lord that he sent the earthquake as an employer the united states government is certainly tolerant and liberal especially so far as the highly remunerative offices are concerned the president for instance loves to deliver himself of moral sermons recently he spoke of the people who criticize government and society and breed discontent he considers them dangerous and entertains little regard for them he ought not to be blamed for that since as the first clerk of the state it is his duty to represent its interests and dignity the most ordinary business agent though he may be convinced of the corruption of his firm will take good care to keep this fact from the public business morals demand it besides no one will expect or desire that the president should become a revolutionist this would certainly be no gain of ours nor would the state suffer harm surely there are enough professional politicians who do not lack talent for the calling of doorkeepers on a large scale as to the moral sermons against the undesirable and obnoxious element all that can be said from a practical standpoint is that their originality and wisdom are in no proportion to the salary the sermonizer receives competition among preachers of penitence and servility is almost as great as among patent medicine quacks four or five thousand a year can easily buy the services of a corpulent reverend gentleman of some prominence the dangers of the first may when france was to be ruined by the mob of socialists and anarchists was very fantastically described by the paris correspondents of the american newspapers these gentlemen seem to have known everything they discovered that the cause of the threatened revolution was to be found in the irresponsible good nature and kindness of the french government just show satan anarchy a finger and straightway he will seize the entire arm especially monsieur clemenceau was severely censured as being altogether too good a fellow to make a reliable minister there he is with france near the abyss of a social revolution that is the manner in which history is being manufactured for boarding-school young ladies the social revolution may come but surely not because of the kindness or good nature of the government france needed a newspaper boom for her elections 
the republic is in danger for goodness sake give us your vote on election day in order that the citizens might feel the proper horror trade union leaders anarchists and even a few royalistic scarecrows were arrested at the same time the sympathy and devotion of the government for its people manifested itself in the reign of the military terror in the strike regions the real seriousness of the situation the correspondents failed to grasp how could they since they got their wisdom in the antechamber of the ministry the revolutionary labor organizations care little for the good will or the jesuit kindness of the authorities they continue with their work propagate the idea of direct action and strengthen the anti-military movement the result of which is already being felt among the soldiers and officers the officer who jumped upon the platform at the berth du Tave, expressing his solidarity with the workers and declaring that he would not fire on them was immediately arrested but this will only influence others to follow the good example in the old fables the lion is described as supreme judge and not the mule or the weather in cleveland things are different several weeks ago olga nethersoll gave a performance of sappho there whereupon the police felt moved to perform an operation on the play for moral reasons of course the staircase scene was ordered to be left out altogether ye poor deraved artists how low ye might sink were the police and comstock not here to watch over the moral qualities of your productions if one observes one of these prosaic fellows on the corner terribly bored and with his entire intellect concentrated on his club and how out of pure ennui he is constantly recapitulating the number of his brass buttons one can hardly realize that such an individual has been entrusted with the power to decide the fate of an artistic production seventeen ninety two the french people marched through the streets singing oh what is it the people cry they ask for all equality the poor no more shall be the slavish misery the idle rich shall flee oh what is it the people need they ask for bread and iron and lead the iron to win our pay the lead our foes to slay and bread our friends to feed the soldiers at mount carmel pennsylvania who were ordered by their superiors to fire into a crowd of strikers and wounded and killed innocent men and women do not sing the carmel they sing my country tis of thee sweet land of liberty if the ruling powers continue to maintain peace and order with iron and blood it may happen that the meaningless national hymn may be drowned by the carmel pealing forth like thunder from the throats of the masses to the credit of human nature be it said it is not altogether hopeless since tyranny has existed human nature has ever rebelled against it real slavery exists only when the oppressed consider their fate as something normal something self-evident there is greater security for tyranny in slavish thoughts indifference and pettiness than in cannons and swords end of section three